You are listening to audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church on the corner of Ebenezer Baptist and Pleasant Green Road. If you would like to learn more about our church, please go to ebcconnect.org. Now, here's our pastor with this week's sermon. Good morning. It is a pleasure to be with you here today. It's very nice. My name is Marty. And I have the privilege of serving as a director of missions for your association, the Aids Association. I want to first say thanks to Bob. I know he's not here, but I want to say thanks to him for having the confidence to ask me to share this morning. And also, uh, just uh, even though he's not here, just to celebrate his accomplishment. Uh, he uh, finished his doctorate, so now we all have to, have to call him Dr. Bob. So, it is it's great to be here. How many of you know, I asked this question back in October, let me see if any of you remember. How many of you know why we are called Yates? How many of you knew you were a part of Yates Association? Okay, pretty good. How many of you know why we're called Yates Baptist Association? Matthew Tyson Yates was the first North Carolinian to go to China as a missionary in 1847. We have a missional legacy. That missional legacy continues with people like the Browns. That legacy continues with churches like Ebenezer. So let me just say, it is a pleasure for me to be here with you, but I'm also here today to say, we're not finished, are we? There's more to do. Um, someone asked about my graduator, and I have an infection that's not contagious. Uh, I've been doing drops and antibiotics and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, it's not contagious, but it reminds me of a, of a pastor who got up and he was preaching that he had a band-aid. You heard this? He had a band-aid on his face. And he said, uh, I'm sorry, you know, I was I was shaving this morning, I was thinking about my sermon, and I cut my face. So after the service, they, they took up the offering, and someone had put a note in the plate and said, tell the pastor next time he's shaving to think about his face and cut his sermon. So, so I, I, try, I try to keep it short and sweet. Uh, if you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, would you look with me to Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. Mark 1, 14 through 20. Very familiar passage. This is the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. And I just want us to, to look here and, and we'll unpack a few things in just a few minutes. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishing. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called to them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now that your word may become alive to us. Even a passage that we've seen before, that we've heard before, maybe we've heard messages on before. Father, will you speak through me, and in spite of me, will you speak 
to our hearts. Will you help us to understand those two words? Follow me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I have to say, I really enjoy worshiping with you guys. Unfortunately, we we uh, we serve about 75 churches, so I'm in about one or two or three churches every Sunday. So I don't get to come to Heaven User as much as I'd like to, but I love worshiping here. I love your missions emphasis. I love the flags. You can't come in here without thinking about the world. We are so temporal sensitive, we would say in Spanish. We are so... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, we, 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 we know our, our town and our county. And we know our church. Sometimes, even though there's more communication than ever, we kind of forget about the rest of the world. That's something that the leadership here at Ebenezer will not let you do. <laughs> they just keep talking about the world, talking about missions. And I love it. And I love seeing uh, these youth up here Leading worship as well, musicians. Thank you guys. I, I just, I just, man, I just, I, I, I just had a great time already. We can go, right? Well, I better say something. Okay, so, you know, we sang the song "I Will Follow You," and, and as we were singing that song, I got teary eyed because I, I, I want to follow him and I want to, I want to be on his footsteps. And 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 I just thought it was so cool that we had no conversation, uh, but yet the song about following him. Is right what I'm going to talk about this, this morning. In, in my journey, I have followed him from a little place called Hilton North Carolina, to a place called Butner. I, I was not in, in the mental institution right there. I served as First Baptist Butner as the youth pastor there. So we went, I went from Hilton to Butner. I, I went from there to the big city of Terminal, Virginia. How many of you know where that place is? Uh, there you go, all right. Between South Boston and Devon, not that far from here. Probably about a 40 minute drive. We served there. We left from Terminal, Virginia to go to Costa Rica. Began to learn Spanish. Still learning after almost 30 years. We left Costa Rica. We went to Santa Cruz, Bolivia. We lived for 20 years. And things were going great. And just as God had called us to leave and go to Bolivia, he said it's time to leave Bolivia and go back. So we followed him. We ended up in Mexico. Never thought I'd live in Mexico. I loved it. Ate lots of good tacos. Love to take you back to Mexico. We are starting a, a partnership in southeastern Mexico from the association. And, and we're actually going to an unreached people group not just in this hemisphere, but not that far away. They're unreached because it's hard to get to, number one. Number two, they don't really want us there. But number three, because they've been blinded. So, from Hildebrand to Butler to Costa Rica, well, Terminal in the middle there, Costa Rica, Bolivia, Mexico, and then things were going great. We followed him back to the unreached people group of Durham, Hillsborough. I don't understand why God calls and leads us to go places, but He does. Doesn't he? So, as, as we talk about following Christ, I just want to share a little bit about our journey 
a number of times when he said, it's time to go, I did not want to go. But I had to figure that out and deal with that. If you look in the passage in Mark uh, 1, you see that, that Jesus is beginning his ministry and, and he's going out and, and I, I love the verse there. I just love how it starts out. The time is fulfilled. The word time is the word kairos in Greek. There are two words in Greek for time. One is chronos, chronological, that we can measure in minutes and hours and days and weeks and years. The other time is kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S. It's not, it's not that certain that you used for somebody to know that. Kairos is God's timing. It is like an appointment with God. It is where God reaches into the chronos and does something spectacular. Time is fulfilled. It's time. There's a number of times in the gospel where, where Jesus is doing things and people come up and he says, nope, it's not time yet. <laughs> but here he says, it's time to get started. Okay? It's time to get started. Time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus came to talk about the kingdom. If there's one thing that I want all of us, and, and I want to better understand is, what does it mean to be a part of the kingdom? What does it mean to be a, a kingdom citizen? It means my first allegiance is to Christ. It means my first allegiance is to his kingdom. Above everything. He went on to, 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 to share with his soon-to-be disciples there. But the second thing I want to say about this passage is Jesus' call always demands a response. Go. Go to kingdom. I don't know. Maybe that was an easy decision. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe more to go sooner. God said, no, wait. But whatever God is calling, and it's not just something for a few select. God calls every believer. He has a plan for your life. Do you believe that? He has a perfect plan for your life. And in that plan, he wants to direct your steps so that you can follow him. Okay? But his call demands a response. You see that the fishermen, their response was, okay, hold on, Lord, we're making these nets. We need to finish up. Is that what their response was? It says immediately they left their nets. That's that's Simon and his brother. What I really love is, is, is James and John. They left their poor dad in the boat. You see that? <laughs> it says immediately they left their father's empty in the boat. Now, I will say in 1988 when we left, I know before a lot of you were born, 1988 when we left, some people said, Oh, are, are, you, are you leaving all your family? Are, are you taking your children with you? I said, I'm leaving with you. No. But, but, you know, leaving family is, is not easy. Leaving family, leaving friends, leaving your church, it's not easy. But Jesus calls, and immediately they left. We are called to follow Christ. We are called to follow Christ's example. And if you look at, at the beginning of this passage there, look at how the, the, the example that, that Christ is giving us. Time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. That was his message. 
It was not a complicated message. It was, it was not a, a, a seminary theological dissertation. It was very simple, wasn't it? Repent. What does repent mean? You don't know. Turn, right? I, I, I heard somebody preaching one time and they said, it's, it's to do a 360. I'm like, no, that's just to keep going in the same. So 180, right? You're going in one direction and you turn around and you go the other direction. Okay? And really what it means is you're going in your direction. You're going and doing what you want. You are Lord of your life. You're calling the shots. You're making the decisions and you say, no, you are Lord. You call the shots. So following Christ means to follow his example. We are to know what it means to repent and believe in the gospel. And then he says he wants to make us fishers of men. That's pretty awesome. I have to be honest with you. I, as a young boy, I always wanted to go fishing. And I had an uncle who used to go fishing, and I'd go fishing with him, and he always caught lots of fish. I almost never caught anything. I'm just not patient enough. You know, my, it was out there, and it, it had been like three minutes, and I was, I, I really, no, I can't do this. And I just, I was just not patient enough. And I'm not going to say that I'm a great fisher of men, but I, I've had a lot more <laughs> success working, following Jesus, and, and working with men and women and leading them to the cross than I did on the riverbanks. He wants us to be fishers of men. I remember last October when I was here sharing with you that, that I, I mentioned if you are a Christ follower, the question is not should you be involved in missions. Do you remember that, anybody? Anybody remember what the question is? The question is when, where, and how. In fact, there's three questions. Okay? The question is not should you be involved in missions. It's when, where, and how. When could be a one-week trip. It could be that you go every year on a one-week trip and now you need to go on a two-week trip. It could be that every year you've gone on a one-week trip for the last 15 years and you need to go for a month. It may be that you need to go and, and visit your friends in Kenya. I heard an invitation. Did you hear the invitation to come and visit? So it, it may be when, where, and how. God is called. You might be saying, well, Marty, I, I don't know. You know and, and maybe you're thinking, well, I, you know, I can just go right into Matthew 28. That's a great, that's a great passage. And we know the Great Commission is there. But, but I want to I stop and, 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 and ask you to look at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, how he began, preaching the gospel, calling people to repentance, telling them the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, it's right here for the taking. It's right here. But you have to take that step of faith. So he was modeling that for us as the time he was saying, come and follow me. This is what we should do, right? Uh, most everybody is familiar with Albert Einstein. You know Einstein, right? Always, I mean, brilliant. Most people think one of the smartest men ever to live. I just thought he had great hair. But, <laughs> theory of relativity, I couldn't really tell you much more. But they said he was on a train one time and he was on the train and, and, and the, uh, we call it the porter, was coming down the aisles checking the tickets. And he's, he's checking the tickets and, 
people are getting their tickets out and trying to. So Mr. Eisner starts looking for his ticket. He can't find it. He starts looking in his bag. He starts looking. The porter's getting closer, getting closer, getting closer. And he's looking for his ticket. And the porter gets to his room. He said, It's okay, Mr. Eisner. I know who you are. And I would say, I know who I am too, but I don't know where I'm going. So the question this morning is, do you know where you are going? Are you following Christ? The, the cool thing about following Christ, or the scary thing, I guess, but the, the thing about following Christ is you don't necessarily know where you're going to be three years from now. You don't necessarily know where you're going to be six months from now. But you do know what that next step is. And sometimes it's like stepping off into an abyss. But he is asking you to follow him one more step. What's your next step? Some of you know. Some of you have probably been debating for, for weeks or months. You know, there's, there's this feeling inside. There's this urging inside. I need to do this, but you're like, oh, maybe I just had bad pizza. Or, you know, I don't know what that was. But it's the Holy Spirit. Will you take that step of obedience? I want to share another passage, if you, if you have your Bibles, just flip over probably just a page or two to Mark chapter 3. Mark 3, 13 and 14. Jesus went up on the mountainside, and he called to him those that he wanted, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach. I love this verse. And, and I'm sorry, Melissa, she's heard this probably about 50 times now. A few years ago, I was reading my Bible, going to devotional, and I read this verse, and it just jumped off the pages. You ever had that happen? Something you've read before, something you've heard before, but God gave you a new insight. Uh, as they used to say back in the 70s, a heavy read. Right? You're like, this is, this is really, really awesome. And so I'm reading this verse, and it says, Jesus went on the mountainside, he called to him those who wanted. They came to him, he appointed twelve that they might be with him, and he might send them out. But what really got me was the fact that we have to go to him. Christ calls us to himself. Jesus calls us himself. And in fact, if you look all through the Bible, God is always calling people to himself. He's always calling. Adam and Eve, he called them in the garden. God called Abraham to, to leave his country and his people and, and, and go to a place where he would show them. God called Moses through the burning bush. God called prophets like Isaiah when he said, we were in Spanish yesterday, amen, here I am, say amen. God calls us to himself. He called the shepherds out in the fields to go see the baby lying in the manger. He calls us to see him, to come and be with him, to come and learn from him, to be together with him. He calls us to be with him. The verse says, he called those that he wanted to him so that they might be with him. That, that's, so that's important. <laughs> so he called them but he called them with a purpose so that they might be with him. So that makes it important that you and I are with him. Yes or no? We need to be with him on a daily basis. We need to look for him. 
I, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I asked them, I said, so how's your devotional life? And they said, well, I'm having trouble with my devotional life. I, mean, I can't really do it consistently. You know, just probably maybe five minutes in the morning every other day. And I said, you just told me you binge watched four hours on Netflix last night. Oh, yeah. So, he calls us to himself. We have to make it a priority to be with him. And I think the reason that most of us sometimes have a problem, and I said us, including myself, a lot of times we have a problem being with him is because we're afraid when we're with him, what's going to happen? The next morning, right? He called his disciples to be with him so that he might send them out to preach. Whoa, that's scary. Let me just, let me calm your nerves. The word preach does not involve a pulpit. I, see, I, I love this table. I, I love this. This is awesome. But it doesn't involve a table. It, it doesn't involve a pulpit. To preach really means the word should be translated probably better proclaim. Proclaim. Tell somebody. Tell somebody about Jesus. Tell somebody about what he's done in your life. Tell somebody about what he's doing. I recently read that the average person hears between 20,000 and 40,000 words a day. I guess I'm, I'm not going to get into who's talking or you know. Some people say that one sentence speaks more than the other. I'm not, not going to get into that today. The average person hears somewhere between 20,000 and 40,000 words a day, while the average person speaks 15 to 20,000 words a day. How many of those words? gospel city. Either that you're hearing, that you're reading, or that you're speaking. How many of those words are gospel We love to talk about, man, we love to talk about sports. I know this is a downtime, right? But, you know, Carolina, Duke, State, you know, Appalachian, I don't know who you call for, but when, when football and basketball season you know, gets going, we love to talk about politics and what it depresses me, I'll be honest with you. Because if we're looking for a Savior, we're looking in the wrong place. Our Savior is Jesus Christ. We love to talk about the weather. In fact, Melissa is kind of a running joke. Uh, my, my family, that was one of the topics we always talked about. Well, what's he going to do next week? What's he going to do? And what's so funny is, you know, now you have the apps on your phone, you can see what it's going to do for the next 10 days. And then tomorrow, guess what? It's going to change, right? They come up with a new update, right? So they really don't know. They're making their best guess, guess, uh, guess on it, right? How many of your words are gospel saying? So Jesus is calling us to himself so that we can be with him so that he can send us out. Today, you are remembering Tim and Laura. You're going to send them out. That's very special. And sometimes we have this mentality that if we're sending out those that have a special call. And I don't mean to minimize you guys at all, but I've been on the other side of that. And I've been where people say, oh, but you're, you know, you're a missionary. You're like way up there. You know, you're like right next to God. I'm like, do you really know me at all? Jesus is calling. Come, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. 
Then, where, and how? I don't know, but you can figure that out as you listen, as you go to him, and as you are with him, he will send you out. A long time ago, I read a really cool story about a, a young lady who was on a cruise. I've never been on a cruise. I have a lot of friends who want to get me to go, and they just want to go. This young lady, she was just, she was, maybe she was from Millennium. Millennium's on landlocked country, so we don't have emotions. Maybe she was from Millennium, but she was just enthralled. And she was like right on the rail, looking over at the ocean, and it was just amazing. There were dolphins jumping and sailfish, and she just, she's just so involved that she's leaning over and she falls in the water. She falls over the rail into the water, splash. People are running around, what are we gonna do? We gotta save her. They're, they're calling out for help. They're looking for somebody to find the lifesavers, or you know, not, not a little, but you know, forgive me. Find somebody to, to help her out, or whatever. what do we do? And, and all of a sudden they hear another splash, boom. Somebody else went in the water. We see this guy who's, who's swimming. The young lady, by the way, she says, I can't swim. So he's swimming, and, and he gets to her, and, and they, they pull him up, and everybody cheers, and they have a banquet that night for the guy, and they give him a plaque, and the captain talks about it. What I, I forgot to tell you, he was the oldest guy on the ship, 87 years old. They have this banquet, and they honor him, and they give him the plaque, and the captain says these amazing words, and you know, he's so heroic, and all this, and he gets up there, and he walks up there with his cane, right? He walks up there and he says, I just want to say and ask one question. Who pushed you? <laughs> I know I can't, but I wish I could push you today to follow closer to our Lord. To go to Him as He calls us. To be with Him so that He can send us out. Because if He sends this whole church out, then this whole area the ends of the earth will be changed. He took 12 scallywag guys and turned them into the greatest mission for us there. Think of what he could do with your church if every person took that seriously. Jesus calls to come and follow him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this church. I thank you for its legacy. I thank you for its mission history. I thank you for what it's doing now. And Father, you're continuing to call us because the job is not finished, is it? So, Lord, we, we ask. Father, we plead this morning that we will know your will, that we will come to you, that we will follow you closely. That we will be sent out to proclaim to the world what needs to be. In Jesus' name we pray.
and also to be challenged from God's word and, and our response to, to going as he calls us to go. We do want to pray over them and pray for their family because like even they mentioned, there are some details. And we know God is sovereign over those details as well. But uh, that, that we pray over them that God continues to take care of those things and however he wants to use us in that process that we're obedient to, uh, to support him in that way as well. So now here's going to be the challenge part. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask, we always love to just have our church family come together and pray over them. So if you want to pray over them, uh, I'd love to invite you to come up. And after we pray, we're going to have to part away from them and make their way back to the table so they can be out there for you to, uh, to talk to at the end. But if you feel led to just come, and uh, if you can't quite get to them, just reach out and touch the shoulder of someone in front of you. And uh, we just want to lift them up to the Lord as a church body. Oh, Lord God, it is so good to be in your presence. Lord, what a, what a blessing it is just to, to sense your spirit. Lord, to feel the unity that brothers and sisters in Christ have. Lord, and, and to hear from your word, be challenged by your word, and for you to speak to us. And Father, I just want to lift up uh, Tim and Laura, Isaac and Isabel. Lord, I just pray over their family. Lord, they are in your hands. And I'm just so thankful for servants who, who step out in faith and just say, here I am, send me, Lord, wherever they might be. Lord, I just pray right now that you would take care of the details uh, that they have between now and, and uh, when they head out. Lord, Lord, we just pray that you would just take care of each of their needs, uh, provide for them financially, provide for someone to, uh, to rent and live in the house, uh, or just so many details of things we know are just moving difficult that can be and to go to another part of the world. So Lord, I pray that you give them comfort, peace in their hearts as they rejoice in you. Even that passage that I read this morning speaks directly to that. I pray that you will guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I pray that you will protect their marriage. Lord, I pray that you will grow them, not only individually, but together as a husband and wife that they would support one another, love one another, and be patient with one another. Lord, so I just pray that you have your we as a church body, Father, thank you that we can lay hands on and pray over and commit to you uh, some of our own folks that are part of our body, brothers and sisters in Christ, that we, Lord, go with them as an extension and that we pray for them and support them, Lord. We recognize how important that is, not only today, but in the days and months and years ahead. And even as that door has been opened the next year, God, there, there may be opportunity for some uh, that are even here today to go and visit them to support and encourage and uh, come alongside. And Lord, there may be some young people that are uh, right here today where that this is a step, something that you're using in their hearts and lives to, to show them that you're calling them and drawing them to go and uh, to be used by you in places that aren't familiar and aren't close to them. So Lord, we do thank you for this wonderful opportunity to pray. Thank you most of all for Jesus. You are the reason for them we're even here. We pray that you have been lifted up today, Lord. And we thank you for the work that you do. We thank the Spirit of Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church. We welcome you to join us next Sunday at 1030 a.m. 
for our weekly worship service. If you have found this resource helpful, please do share it with others and check out our other ministries at ebcconnect.org.